Hello and welcome to Voices in Innovation. I am Johnny Baldisberger. Today we are going to share with you a interview between our analyst Enrico Signoretti and two gentlemen from Comfault, David No and Don Forrest. They take a moment to speak about modern data protection and how it's evolved over the course of the last few years. I hope you enjoy. Today we will talk about data protection, but not just the traditional data protection, which is somehow, you know, last century data protection. Uh, we are talking about uh, something that is uh, much more broader now. So we'll start from data protection to see what data protection can do in 2020 for you. Uh, to talk about this topic, I invited uh, two guys from Convol today, Devin No, uh, VP of Products and uh, Engineering for uh, Metallic, and Don, Foster, and Don Foster, VP Storage Solution. Hi guys, how are you today? Doing fantastic. Great, thank you. Okay, so I started talking about last century uh, data protection. I mean, uh, we started protecting our data as soon as we had a computer and a storage device. And in the last century, everything was easy. Or, you know, maybe it was not easy, but uh, everything was concentrated at the beginning in a single computer. And then we got a data center with multiple computers. But Everything was local. We had backup windows. We had a uh, few applications. I remember when I started working in IT that, you know, you could even stop to wait for a restore. Okay. Nothing of it is possible today. And uh, uh, to complicate things a little bit, we, we have many more environments to manage today. I mean, the cloud, mobile devices, and what else? I don't know. So the complexity is there. And uh, there are several approaches to data protection today. Some of them are, you know, you embrace a point solution, you solve your problem. It's good. But, you know, with the risk of increasing complexity over time and making everything uh, manageable in a few years, especially if your company and the quantity of data you are protecting grows our time, and um, and it's and this is only part of the of the problem because uh, now we have uh, regulations like uh, GDPR, we have uh, uh, ransomware, we have so many things that are going on. So, uh, guys, I um, before starting with uh, with the episodes, maybe it would be. Uh, nice to, to get a little bit of a, an introduction with you. So what you do at, uh, at Commvault, a little bit of your history, so that we can uh, set up a little bit of the, the background here. Well, first, if that's okay. So this is Don Foster, and I am, I'm the VP of Storage Solutions here for Commvault. Uh, and I've been with the company now, believe it or not, for 17 years in a variety of different roles. Um, I was on the customer side before I joined Commvault uh, a long time ago now. Um, but I've done a number of roles from being an SE, an SE leader uh, for Commvault early in my career. I also did a, a fairly long stint in running a large product management team. Uh, and now uh, here recently with the acquisition of Hedvig, a software-defined storage platform, 
um, and bringing that into the fold of Commvault's portfolio, um, I am now heading up some of the general management and integration duties that we are doing together with uh, the technology we just acquired. Thanks, Don. This is David No. I'm VP of Products and Engineering for Metallic at Commvault. Uh, I've been at Commvault 22 years, so sorry, Don, for one-upping you there, but uh, just a little bit longer. Um, I uh, started as a developer at Commvault, uh, working on uh, working on our core products. Uh, moved on to development management, then uh, product management office of the CTO, working with virtualization and cloud technologies. Uh, moving on to uh, build our remote managed services practice and, and our SaaS practices. So um, I've had broad exposure and, and uh, just like Don, different roles uh, within the company as well uh, over a, a very long tenure here. Well, I'm happy to have you guys in uh, this episode because, you know, you are exactly representing uh, uh, the new uh, data protection uh, needs. On, on one side, we have uh, a SaaS-based application, and on the other side, we have, uh, you mentioned, Dan, uh, Don, you mentioned uh, Edvig, which is, uh, you know, at the first sight, uh, uh, something that uh, has nothing to do with a data protection company, but actually in a larger strategy, maybe it makes more sense than uh, we might think, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the uh, one of the reasons why we acquired Hedvig, as we've especially looked at the data protection world, the environment, the new applications that customers are creating, um, we're seeing we're, we, we've been we've been understanding one major challenge. I mean, there's a number of them, but one of the major challenges that we've seen customers struggle with is really unifying how they drive storage and the infrastructure behind the applications and the management of that storage and also how they drive the actual data management components as well, whether that's on an on-premises world or a mix of a hybrid leveraging cloud as well. And so when we looked at Hedvig, uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the key things that we identified is an ability for us to accelerate our strategy to really help customers unify the experience and the management between storage and data. So the ability to, under, to be make sure things are infrastructure aware, the applications are infrastructure aware, whether they're on premises, whether they're in the cloud, some form of hybrid, uh, that we've got the ability to hook into the infrastructure uh, and really make backup and recovery sort of an afterthought based upon the simplicity of understanding how storage is being provisioned, how it's being managed, how that ties into SLAs and the different outcomes that customers want. Um, so by all means, while storage itself is not, maybe not a... a um, a huge part of a disaster recovery or a backup and recovery plan, it becomes an integral part when you start thinking about how you drive the disaster recovery testing and what it takes infrastructure-wise to make sure these, especially these new age applications, are running appropriately in whatever infrastructure the customer chooses. Yeah, and on the other side, as we said, David, there is this new Commvault. I mean, I always see your tweets uh, guys with new Commvault. And when I think about new Commvault, I think the cloud approach, I mean, a, a broader approach than the traditional backup, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's really reflective of our uh, focus uh, at Commvault for providing customer choice and how we uh, have our customers consume our technology. Uh, you know, we looked at the, the market in terms of customers starting to accelerate using SaaS and SaaS applications for their core business workloads and wanting to use data protection in that manner as well to complement our on-premises and appliance-based delivery mechanisms. Um, and looking at the technology we had, we, we saw that there was a, an acute need in the industry 
for someone like a Commvault to take our market-leading technology and bring it to customers to protect their SaaS workloads uh, in a way that they they want to protect them. And so we formed the Metallic team as a startup of sorts within Commvault uh, in order to rapidly develop this capability and bring it to market um, as quickly as possible with a real focus on customers and user experience, how customers would discover and buy the software, um, and really bring the customers a great end-to-end way of uh, of using our technology. Yeah, one of the things that I love the most now from the data protection world in general, but uh, also from you guys, is that uh, the role of data protection is changing. Okay, so you already mentioned uh, two different products that are approaching data protection uh, different from the past, but actually the role is changed also, for example, from the security aspect. I mean, backup is the last men standing for many enterprises when it comes to uh, cyber attacks. I mean, uh, ransomware, for example. Okay, so uh, the fact that you have control over the over your data and you can understand what is happening at the production level by doing continuous backup every day, it helps to uh, to find anomalies and uh, and then to react on them. Uh, how come will uh, uh, take this uh, new role uh, when it comes to Again, security, for example, or or uh, compliance. Sure, and, and actually, you know, David, if you don't mind, I'll take this first, and you can you can definitely add on. I think we can both cover this topic fairly uh, fairly in depth. Um, you know, it's interesting. You think about ransomware. Um, you know, ransomware is one of those things where you can build as solid of a perimeter defense system as possible, and there's still going to be a high likelihood that one way or another, that ransomware, that malware will make its way through your, your defenses. And the main reason being, and, and I kind of joke around um, with, uh, with, with this when I, when I talk with customers, um, everyone's got that one family member that tends to be more susceptible to ransomware. Um, and that's just because they tend to click on things or access things that maybe they shouldn't. And I talk about family members because I've got one. Um, everyone does, it seems like. And of course, just like everyone has a family member that might be more willing to get duped by some of the different phishing attacks, et cetera, so too does every business. And so, you know, the, the perimeter defense is important. Having the right security mechanisms is important. But ensuring that you're, you, you can basically do a couple things. One, analyze what's happening on your data environment um, and doing that near real time. Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, two, being able to respond um, when you see something abnormal really occurring. And of course, three then is being able to recover quickly back to before that point in time uh, so that you can you, you understand where a threat might happen. You're able to respond you know, explicitly and uh, you know, very uh, directly to where that threat might be occurring. And then of course, the third piece, like I say, is being able to recover back um, in that uh, you know, direct, uh, the direct aspect to make sure the data is, is, is no longer corrupted. That's, that's all about how you can recover in, t- in today's world of ransomware. The ways that Commvault has really sort of started to tune our security towards this is, number one, uh, providing a number of mechanisms for how we can help customers detect ransomware beyond their perimeter defenses. Simple things like putting in honeypot files, files that should never change, that we put tracking, mechanism, tracking mechanisms on. And if we see that there's any sort of change in the actual... Um, you know, the, 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 the stamp of the file, the CRC check of the file, if ever there's an, an update, we're able to then send some form of a, an alert back to our customer and say, hey, 
there is truly something going on that shouldn't be as files are changing that frankly should never be touched or utilized. So that's one of the first interesting things and just kind of luring the ransomware towards some, some tracking mechanisms. The other piece, of course, is then using things like machine learning to start running trends on how frequently files and environments are changing. Uh, and we have that built into our product now today so that we can have customers, whether they're on laptops or servers in the data center uh, or servers that we would be running in the cloud, identify the typical average of how, you know, how frequently or how much data is being changed on a day-by-day -day basis. And at the moment that we see any sort of change levels go way outside the, you know, the, normal, the normal operation, and we start to see these anomalies come into play, to start alerting IT of where and how some of these different potential threats might be occurring, and allowing IT to assess and even lock down those environments. All of that coming from the way a backup system helps to manage your data. Um, those are some of the, just the, coo the really interesting and, and, and really uh, you know, cool and innovative ways that we're able to make data management and backup a more kind of secure part of understanding what's occurring within your environment. And of course, the last piece of all that, once you start to have that monitoring, the way you can kind of track and understand where these impacts might be occurring, of course, Commvault gives a myriad of ways that customers can ensure they can recover. Not only whether it's a you know, single file, a single object, a record, um, or an entire data center or thousands of virtual machines, you know, we've got that sort of capability built into the product to ensure customers can just essentially mount and start restoring or mount and start recovering off of that, those live data sets all from the backup system. And then, of course, from the backup system perspective, we've also taken uh, steps to ensure that we're securing the way we store data. So we essentially lock down the way that we write down to our own, our own uh, backup stores, ensuring that ransomware you know, cannot take control of our processes and encrypt the file stores that are underneath Commvault. That stuff is built into the product today. And those are kind of really the really interesting ways that we've attached to security from ensuring that data itself um, won't get changed. That's not going to impact your ability to recover while still providing some interesting views on how to identify where a ransomware threat might be occurring and how you can respond. Yeah, and also uh, I think that the analytics part that you get out from all this, you know, backend operation is very useful for for other purposes as well. I mean, you can understand what is happening in your infrastructure, and maybe you can take actions for capacity planning and many other things. Sure. So from a from a metallic perspective, for for cloud workloads and things like endpoints and others. Um, what we're really focused on is, is several things. One is that customers often forget that cloud workloads uh, don't necessarily have data protection built in. Uh, they're built for resiliency and high availability. Uh, but data protection is still the responsibility of the customer. Um, and this is particularly true for things like ransomware or accidental deletion or malicious insider even, not, not even talking about things like ransomware, but um, you know, accidents happen, things happen. And so data protection of, of things like Office 365 are still important, uh, even though Office 365 is a great platform uh, upon which millions and millions of customers rely on every day. Um, so looking at those things and, and providing uh, a resilient solution that incorporates all the technology that Don uh, was talking about earlier uh, with our uh, locking down our infrastructure uh, making sure that malware can't attack our infrastructure, um, having uh, our uh, architecture built for high availability and, and reliability, uh, as well as the anomaly detection, uh, not deleting, 
uh, old data if we find that uh, there's unusual activity without anomaly detection. So it's actually actionable. We don't just tell people, but we do something about it as well. And also focusing on performance uh, is important. So with data protection in the cloud, um, one of the traps that uh, people fall into is they talk about a SaaS solution being scalable because it's in the cloud. Um, and that's great and true for the, the SaaS provider. That is that a SaaS provider can use the cloud and, and handle you know, thousands and millions of customers. Um, but really what we're also focused on, and of course our solution benefits from that, but what we're focused on is performance and scalability for a given customer. That is that a customer can choose our solution and grow with us for Office 365 and others. And so taking cloud protection kind of that to that next level uh, where we're not just worried about our performance, but, but the customer's performance and what we can do for them uh, in terms of recoverability and speed and scalability. Uh, that's the approach we're really taking for, uh, for cloud-based data management. Yes, I totally understand uh, your point of view. And, uh, and also there is another uh, important uh, product lately. Uh, no. Yes, I totally understand your... Yes, I totally understand your point of view. And there is also another aspect that I really love uh, about uh, modern data protection, which is uh, data management. Not the usual data management. We mentioned data management many times during this podcast. But actually, the fact that uh, you can use data protection as a data collection uh, um, tool and reuse data for other purposes. And uh, in this context, I really love what... uh, Uh, users can do with products like Activate, for example, because uh, it opens a lot of possibilities. I mean, not only the usual stuff, but building a specialized application to crawl in your data and find uh, uh, things that, you know, otherwise are quite impossible to find, right? Yeah, and and actually, uh, Enrico, kind of the whole idea of... of, uh using data, right? I mean, one of the most important things, and you mentioned uh, sort of compliance and governance is some of the challenges in which, you know, customers are trying to focus on data management solutions that encompass their infrastructure, you know, so they, they're aware of where their data lives, regardless of location, and of course, how they can act on it. And that's actually the uh, the whole premise behind um, Commvault Activate. Uh, and the ability for us to, to really kind of, number one, Analyze and understand all the all the information about your data, the meta information, being able to provide levels of tagging, content, even contextual analysis. Uh, that's that gives a whole new meaning to what data is, and allows you to do a number of different things from it. So, from our perspective, by giving a product that can allow us to go out and analyze and collect a bunch of information, meta information about your data, that's very important. And then the second step, of course, is once you have that data, you need to have smart ways that you can visualize how that information is impactful to your organization, meaning identifying perhaps where sensitive data might live, where there might be security uh, gaps or where maybe everyone has rights to files that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, Identify potentially different patterns um, that uh, you want to ensure are locked down or perhaps masked masked or maybe held in a more secure way. Uh, or even do something as simple as e-discovery, right? With legal hold and e-discovery is still a core part of, of how IT drives data management in today's world. All of those are, are important visualizations that Commvault Activate can deliver to a customer. 
And then, of course, the final piece is if you collect all this information, you've organized it and you're able to visualize what it means, what its impact is to your business. The final piece then is to act on it. You know, whether that's deleting data, securing data, masking data, archiving it, placing a legal hold, uh, perhaps changing the way your SLAs are being driven. These are all functions from what Commvault Activate is enabling customers to do. And it doesn't matter whether the data is structured, unstructured, virtualized, on-premise, in the cloud, or any mix of all these together. Um, that's the beauty of what Commvault Activate delivers is sort of that global picture and that global understanding of uh, the customer's data. Um, understanding what might be at risk, what may not be at risk, or maybe ways they can run things more efficiently, and then how to act. It's interesting. I mean, from my point of view, uh, it's interesting. From my point of view, data protection is becoming uh, the pivotal uh, component of an IT infrastructure where everything can be consolidated and from which you can uh, really exploit the potential of the data you are storing. In many organizations, we have dark data, we have orphaned data, we, we have uh, you know, uh, lost control of our data. Okay, And what we are still protecting it. From this point of view, data is a liability. While if you think about new ways to uh, take advantage of this data, then it becomes a resource for the company, increase the competitivity. And there are a lot of possibilities for the for the future of our organizations. I think it's time to wrap up this episode. It was a great conversation, guys. And uh, I loved uh, looking at Gunvolt again uh, on um, looking at all the aspects that the company is touching, how it's expanding. Maybe before closing, there is another question that I have for you. So what you're working on, what we can expect from Covum from now to the end of the year? So uh, I'll, I'll speak from the uh, sort of the, the, the vision and direction we're taking things. Um, and then, David, maybe you can even speak on what we're doing from the, from the, the, the SaaS side of the business. From a, 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 you know, from a future direction, especially with the acquisition that we made within Hedvig, um, expect to see some more uh, some acceleration and velocity on us realizing the vision that we've started off on and unifying that storage and data management. Uh, you know, we've got a number of things on tap. Um, that will uh, you know, help customers streamline some of those new mode two applications they, they might be working on. The way containerization and microservices are changing applications. We've got some really interesting, uh, really interesting ideas and um, some, uh, some interesting integrations that come together in having a software-defined storage platform together with the data management suite. So you can definitely expect that. I think you're also going to continue to see us uh, get more ingrained with our cloud providers. Many of our cloud providers are major partners for Commvault. Um, we are one of the largest drivers of data to the cloud providers. Um, you know, AWS and Microsoft both will tell you that uh, we, you know, we're basically in the top three of ISVs um, on both of them for how we drive enterprise data into the cloud. Uh, and so, to you know, the, the points that we've been bringing back is how do we then make that more actionable, usable, and drive more value for customers out of the cloud? Expect a lot of interesting things in this direction from Commvault as we accelerate that journey in our vision. Yeah, and, and to build on, on what Don uh, said, I think from a metallic perspective, um, the adoption of, of metallic, the early reactions we've gotten from customers and partners and analysts and others um, validates our, our concept that 
Metallic is is the way to go as customers shift workloads into the cloud, and we'll continue to uh, we'll continue to to listen to our customers and, and build on uh, our core philosophy of giving customers the choice of how they want to consume and use our technology, uh, whether it's on prem via appliance uh, or in the cloud. Uh, we're also seeing a, a huge opportunity uh, where customers want to have their data protection where their workloads are. So, in terms of workloads moving to the cloud, that presents us a, a great opportunity to um, build on the capabilities of Metallic and broaden the portfolio. Um, you know, we see that Gartner is predicting that the, the cloud application services market will reach over 113 billion in 2021. Um, and that presents a, a great opportunity for us to really help our customers uh, as they make that journey to the cloud. Fantastic. And uh, on my side, thank you very much for the time you dedicated to us today. And uh, maybe uh, we can close this episode with, uh, with your social media profiles. So if somebody wants to continue the conversation online, they can reach you out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, obviously hashtag Commvault or hashtag new Commvault, uh, but also personally, uh, I am at dfosterjr. Uh, on Twitter, and you can also find me on LinkedIn um, at, uh, as you know, Don Foster and the VP of Storage Solutions. Yep, and uh, I'm also on Twitter uh, at R-U-D-N-G-O, uh, LinkedIn as David No uh, at Metallic and Cobalt. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, the Metallic website, uh, metallic.io. Great. Thank you very much again, and bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. If you'd like to find out more, go to gigaohm.com for future forward advice, reports, and more on IT and the tech industry. For GigaOhm, I've been Johnny Baldisberger, and this has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.